From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast. Brought to you by our proud partners, NSR National Scouting Report. NSR, they are the world's leading authority on all athletic recruiting. They are the originator in the college recruiting industry. You can get more information on what they're about on social media, on X, as well as on Instagram, both at NSR now, as well as at NSR underscore now. You can also get more information on what they're about on their website at NSR-Inc.com. My next guest, he is a uh, he's a coach that we've been uh, definitely been well aware of on our radar for a while. Big fans of uh, what he's uh, what he's doing, what he's trying to do there in his new role, second year at uh, Eastern New Mexico University, home of the Greyhounds. He is Coach Eric Belcher. Coach, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Looking forward to chatting and you know getting to know what's what's happening. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate you. Uh, we know you, uh, man, you're, we got to give you some extra, extra kudos coach. We're going to, we're going to put your business out there a little bit, right? You fresh off the field, just came off practice, but not only that, but fresh off a root canal this morning, right? Tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long day. Um, you know, last week, uh, towards the end of the week, started to feel a little bit in my tooth, you know, it wasn't too bad. And then, uh, being on the road this weekend, uh, I was dying. Um, I had to walk to the gas station and get some, uh, ore gel. Um, just to try to make it through the game, make it through the night. Um, woke up, you know, yesterday morning, went to the dentist, and they said, hey, this sucker's got to get cleaned out. Um, you know, and the earliest they could get me in was today. And I said, you know, I hope, I hope I can talk <laughs> uh, come later that night. Um, and I lucked out, you know, uh, the dentist in town was great. Um, took care of it fairly quickly. Uh, and then once everything wore off this afternoon, I, I felt good. Um, straight into practice, and I guess, you know, all the talking and, and, and screaming in practice, just used to it now. The, the pain is, is no longer a, a problem, um, you know, and it's it's been fun. It's been a fun day. I was going to say, so how did you like, did you modify practice at all today? Kind of went to the whistle more than usual or uh, no, not really? Uh, yeah, well, well our, um, for us, we tend to kind of do things uh, the same as we do the day before, uh, except for mm -hmm. we'll just expand on it a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that, that our girls understand uh, what the next day of training looks like and, and what that was for us today. And mm -hmm. the drills that we did, we, we did yesterday. So I didn't really have to talk as much as I, I normally would. Um, and that kind of made it a lot easier. Um, then I can also, you know, uh, talk to my assistant a bit and then have her kind of relay some messages and that, that works out. And to be fair, uh, most of the kids, they'll look at me and they'll get a lot of information just by my face. So uh, <laughs> it makes it a lot easier for me today. And, and we didn't really have, much of an issue, but, you know, uh, I'm excited to go and, and take some ibuprofen and just lay down. 
there you go. I kind of had the, I kind of envisioned you with both with a whistle in one hand and then just, you know, that chalkboard with a string over your, uh, over your head, over your neck and you're just writing things out maybe, yeah. you know? Or, <laughs> yeah, I lucked out, but I'm feeling yeah. good and I'm, I'm, I'm glad it happened early and I didn't have to suffer late to throughout the day. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, coach, the great ones, the great ones play hurt, right? Great ones play injured. So thank you for being here. Really appreciate you. So, uh, for some of our audience, though, that may not be as familiar uh, with yourself, Coach, give us just a briefly, tell us uh, maybe a couple of the places where you've been and how you got to eastern New Mexico. Yeah, so originally I'm from Maryland. Um, you know, then I went and played college soccer over in good old West Virginia. Uh, spent five years there uh, playing soccer. Went back home, got into the soccer game, um, coaching at a JUCO. Um, then six years later, I get a call from a school out in West Virginia. Went and took on uh, the assistant role there. I uh, was there for two months. Um, then I got a call from another D2 in West Virginia to take over the head role. And I went and I did that for six years, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. Then I moved on to a school about an hour away. Um, and I got to that school and I got the, they gave me the women and the men. Um, lo and behold, the, the school was getting ready to close down. Uh, information that I I wasn't aware of, you know, I was right, just, right. you know, looking at an opportunity to to, to coach at a different area, um, and then back to having both teams. Uh, probably should have looked a little bit more, did a bit more research, but um, the excitement of, of new kids was was something I was very looking forward to. Um, so I got there. I was there for three months. Uh, then the school shut down. Um, crazy thing about it, uh, we went and won the conference. We were 13-0 and in the conference. We went and uh, won the conference tournament all the way through that. Went to nationals, lost 1-0. Um, that was on a Friday. We got back that Tuesday. Uh, the president's like, we're closing the school down. And wow. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> what is going on? That's um, your, uh, that's your championship parade right there. Huh? Wow. Yeah, like yeah. Crazy time, you know, sad time for the girls, but, um, you know, something that I tell them that it'll never happen again, where someone will go 13 and 0 and, and then, you know, come out on, on the, on the, on the right end of that. Um, you know, so after that, you know, I took a little hiatus you know, was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And lo and behold, uh, ended up at Eastern the following fall. Mm -hmm. um, you know, enjoyable little town. I, I tell folks, you know, New Mexico is, is very much like West Virginia, except uh, there's no trees. You know, that's 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 you know, that's what we're dealing with. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's very beautiful when you get to certain parts and, uh, you know, one small town to another. I'm I'm I'm, you know, mm. very happy with what I got going on. Yeah. So, you know, you, you largely grew, grew up, played or took the, you know, took majority of your coaching stints were in a general area, right? Yes. What was it about, what was it that kind of really uh, piqued your interest in terms of, uh, you know, coming out to New Mexico, out in Portales, Eastern New Mexico? What, what was it really that got you? Uh, for me, it was something new, you know, like coming across, maybe not all the way to the West Coast, but just getting, getting off the East Coast, you know? Um, that, that was something I was excited about. And, and one of the big things that drew me to the school was the amount of majors they have. Um, you know, when, when you're in the, the, the female side of coaching soccer, you, you learn that, um, females love, they love, they love, they love school. Um, you know, whereas on the men's side, I wouldn't say they don't love school, but, uh, a lot of men think they're going to be professionals. Um, you know, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't fault you, but uh, it, it feels good to know that you can connect more with a kid who, who, you know, wants to be a nurse, a doctor or a teacher or something like that. And, and we've got, you know, over 60, 70 majors that allow them to do that. 
Um, you know, that that in itself was was one of the big things for me on, on why I chose to come here. Um, then also the weather. I said, you know, probably not going to be dealing with snow much anymore so I can get rid of all these heavy jeans and, you know, enjoy my shorts more. Um, yeah. Lo and behold, it's it's hot. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be like this, but it, it, it's yeah. hot. I can use some snow every now and then, um, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, for me, it was the majors and, and just kind of exploring a different realm of 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 the states, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, you're out in that kind of eastern, far eastern border area of New Mexico. So I'm not as familiar with, you know, Portales out in that area. But generally speaking, you know, the desert southwest, New Mexico, West Texas and Arizona, you're talking about some of the most beautiful sunsets, right? In yes. the country, in the country. So I don't, do you get to experience those much out there in Portales? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beginning of the fall, we kind of do. Um, it kind of flips flops. Uh you know, we share the field with the men and, and football. So depending on what time you practice, you, you'll you'll get that. Um, our our sports information director, he caught a great shot of me uh, and the girls and the sun going down, um, which was brilliant. Uh, but, yeah, sometimes we get it. It's just just kind of depends on what time we practice. Um, the tough thing about us is is when that sun does go, uh, it's it hits a little pocket of our stadium that kills the other side. Um, yeah. You know, so. Home games at five, which we, we got tomorrow. Hey, we don't want the sun first because by the time you get to the second half, it's, it's going to be gone. Right, um, right. But we do get a few that that'll put you in a wild state. Uh, I encourage you to check out, you know, our our, our Instagram. Um, you know, when they come out with the camera, they, they, they get a good bit. There you go. Awesome. So thoughts on obviously it's your second year, second year there at Eastern New Mexico. Um you know, in terms of this last year leading into this year, thoughts thoughts on your time there so far, and in particular twenty you know twenty twenty three. Obviously, you're still in the middle of of building there, but uh, thoughts in terms of just the the path where you're seeing where you're seeing where things are going as a whole, and then this year in particular. Yeah, so uh, we had a good year last year uh, based on what they've done previously in the in the past few seasons. So something that we were, we were definitely looking to build on. Um, one of my big things that I wanted to achieve this year was just, just playing more soccer. You know, we got into the, uh, the mode last year where we just kind of, um, you know, took what we could and, and, and didn't give back what, what was given to us um, this year. We just wanted to play more, um, you know, and that's something we've been able to do. Um, you know, I, I tell folks, obviously, you know, some of the results aren't going our way, but I say, you know, it's, it's hard for me to be, um, angry when we play good soccer, you know, it's just mm -hmm. a few moments that'll get us, you know? So uh, I am happy with, with what, with what's happening there with that. Um, obviously we, wanted, we do want a few more wins, but can't really complain about the soccer that we're actually putting on the field um, in terms of where we want to go. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where I say, you kind of have to sweep up what the mess that's kind of been made over the past few years in terms of uh, dealing with things that you can't control. Uh, for example, the budget, right? Like I can't really control that at the moment. And that's something that I understand as we recruit and, you know, those that are here understand and, and just trying to do right by everyone. So uh, once we kind of get that straight, uh, I think we'll be in a better off situation and, and we'll be able to, to produce more of what we're already doing, if that kind of makes sense. So gotcha. um, yeah. we're in the right path, right direction. Uh, and we're just understanding, you know, roads are bumpy. Um, Right. The good news is we're driving a Jeep and it's got shocks to it. So <laughs> there you go. Well said. So 
two years there now, or you're, you know, you'll be, you're coming up on, cause you're entering really the last, last few weeks of the 2023 yeah. season. Right. Um, what's been maybe the biggest surprise there, um, there at, uh, Eastern New Mexico, um, maybe completely has caught you by surprise and it could be, you know, not, not that we want to go negative here, but just, it could be kind of good and bad maybe, but something you just weren't expecting. That's really surprised you there. Uh, the, the big thing that got me was the travel. Um, you know, I am a traveler. I do drive and I do all that, but um, nothing can, can prepare you for driving, you know, every weekend, minimum seven hours, time change. You know what I mean? And trying to uh, make sure everyone eats at the right time. You know, God bless the girls, right? Like it's, it's hard for them to go to sleep in the time that, that we're dealing with when we go to Texas, right? You know, obviously it's only an hour, but that hour will definitely kill you. You know, I've, I've said to folks, I, I'm laying there in the hotel room. It's one o'clock and I'm just wide open. Um, where here it would be 12, you know, and I'd get ready to go to sleep. But now we get over there, I'm popping melatonin at like nine, trying to get myself, uh, you know, under it, especially when we got to wake up in the morning and, and go to breakfast pretty early. But I would say the travel is the kicker. Um, you know, we've lucked out. We've got, we've got coach buses and, and, you know, get to watch movies and all that. But, you know, it, it, it is a huge thing to drive seven hours, mm -hmm. you know, every weekend. Uh, I, I've said, you know, I'm, I'm still fairly young, but my hips right now are killing me, you know, and as an athlete, that that's tough. And I, yeah. I always joke with folks and I'm like, I, I know the girls are dying. I feel for them, right? You run 90 minutes in the Texas heat, then I get on a bus and drive seven hours. Um, you know, that's been the biggest thing for me out here that right. that's honestly been, been kind of one of those things that, that opens your eyes, you know, mm -hmm. um, and the, the the cruel part is the other coaches don't warn you. They don't tell you like, hey, man, you, you're about to be done in two months when you're driving in the bus for seven hours every weekend. Right. Right. So it, so with with respect to that, how have you, you know, within your coaching staff, maybe with the athletic training staff, is there any way that you've kind of uh, kind of handled that and just kind of maybe it's whether it's some some prehab stuff routine to be able to kind of you know quickly get over that have you guys implemented any procedures there yeah so we actually do one at practice um you know where we have equipment groups that take care of the equipment you know getting it out to the field making sure the balls are pumped uh making sure we got the water you know and then at the end cleaning everything up uh, so those guys at the end of every practice they've got an ice bath um so we get into a routine and a rotation to where you know you at least get uh, one to two ice baths a week, um, which could help, you know, maintain any injuries you may have. I know coming out now, that's one of those things where it could help. It couldn't help. Um, you know, but for us, just getting the body in that cold tub, um, does help. Uh, I should probably get in there, but I'm, I'm a bit too old to be hopping in and out of that. Um, that's something we, we work with. Um, you know, we got a great training staff here to where we can monitor things. Um, and, make sure our kids are in our recovery room every day, which is equipped with, you know, the boots, massage guns, anything you kind of need that you can do on your own. Mm -hmm. um, but our main thing, the ice baths. And then uh, I am a stickler. I, I, I used to, I guess last year, the, the, the schedule was a bit different. So our far games, we didn't, we were away. Our fall games were home and our, our short games were away. Um, gotcha. You know, so if we play on a Saturday, we leave on Friday I would leave after lunch so the kids can still do their morning classes. Um, but this year, those games are, are they're away. Uh, our yeah. far games are away. So we leave earlier. Um, 
we stop a little longer. Like when we go to eat, instead of spending an hour, we'll spend maybe two and a half. You know, uh, we take a few more bathroom breaks to stretch your legs. So um, we try to do a few things. But um, again, it's just hard to fight. You know, that yeah. that's just, it's tough. It's uncomfortable. Um, right. One of my big things is I like to fill up the snack jar. So, you know, you got to like you can get up, walk down the, down the aisle, get yourself a banana or some oranges or some cookies or something um, just to keep your legs kind of moving. Right. Um, but it's it's difficult, uh, you know. We're blessed that next year those long games are going to be home. So I yeah. speculate we won't, you know, we won't feel as bad. You know, my hips ain't going to be killing me. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's just going to do, do some good things for us knowing, you know, knowing that we won't be doing that. I mean, yeah. for me, I've got two years of it now, right? Like mm -hmm. I got the short ones and I got the long ones going into the third year. We can kind of plan a little bit better. There you go. Good. I guess that would explain some of the uh, on um, on social media, some of the uh, the extended walks. I see you guys posting, right? Going uh, those nature walks. I see you guys posting. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a great for me. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. I started it uh, at my school in West Virginia. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, superstitious. Um, but with my team, uh, the last team I had there that that, you know, won the, won the conference and all that stuff, you know, we'd eat breakfast and then we go for a walk uh, around the area that we are. Um, I'm huge on getting that food moving. Uh, you know, I would assume, cause when I was in college, you eat and then you go back to your room and you go to sleep. Um, you know, so for us, you eat and then you go walk. So you're, you're, you're awake. You're probably not going to fall back asleep. Um, you'll at least lay there. Uh, so we definitely, we definitely go try to find a good path to take it on. Um, yeah. Nebraska, that one kicked us. Um, you know, our trainer, she's she's real into fitness. You know, she got up before us, uh, went and checked the trail out, went and ran it, got her got her miles in, got her steps in. Uh, that sucker was two miles one way, um, you know, and we went on that. Yeah, I was not prepared. I wore pants, you know. I had the hoodie. I'm, I'm sweating. Um, but it was good, though. That was probably our best walk uh, so far, which had a good little view, nice mm -hmm. little trail. You know, we got to see a little bit of Nebraska. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Um, so obviously, we'll get to your conference in a minute, but yeah. you're you're well versed, well experienced in in the D two world, right? Yeah. So for our listeners, right, obviously we have you know PSAs, uh, prospective student athletes, parents listening. Tell us a little bit about your take on um, the just the D two world, D two soccer, right? Uh, to, and what I'm really getting at, part of what I'm getting at is just is so many people are inclined to the D, as you know, the D1 or bust mentality in the recruiting world. And there's so much more to that. Right. Um, tell us a little bit in, in terms of your take on D2 soccer. Yeah. So the cool part is we do see a lot of these uh, kids uh, wanting that D1. You know, I was just thinking that the other day, my my whole feed is kind of filled up with people, you know, announcing their where they're going next, you know, in terms of the high school seniors to, to moving on. And a lot of them are D1s. And I'm like, Lord, do I follow that one, that many D1 athletes? Or is my phone listening to me? And it's it's reading my thoughts, um, you know. But uh, most kids don't realize that the soccer at that level and the soccer at D2 level sometimes is not that far off. Um, you know, to put it in perspective, we have teams in our conference that are beating D1 schools. Um, you literally go to their website, check it out. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's an exhibition in the fall or something in the spring. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, a result is a result, you know. Um, so for me, you know, kids really don't understand that that D2 can put you in a good spot. Um, 
and at the end of the day, you'll get good soccer and you'll you'll, you'll enjoy it more as 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 it'll give you um, a better experience if you're not you know you're not that dog that that D1 asks you to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which it's okay. You know, just got to be understanding that sometimes school is the ultimate goal and and right. your education is is where where you need to end up. Um, but you know, in my experience in the D2 D2 <laughs> level, uh, there are some great schools. There's some great conferences. There's some great soccer. Um, I, I kind of like to tell kids um, that we recruit, that we kind of see out. Um, the D1 level is it's it's different. It's just you know those that are successful there understand that 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 grind is something that you can't explain, you can't prepare for, you you can't you can't do anything with it until you actually experience it. Um, and a lot of times kids don't realize that, or they re- they really don't want to hear that until it's too late and then you're in that portal. Um, and once you're in that thing, you know, it, you never know where you can end up, um, you know, but I tell kids, yeah, I tell kids for us, you know, we're in the, we're in probably one of the best D2 conferences in the nation. Um, I've seen a lot of schools. I've seen a lot of games and uh, I've never been at a place where uh, you've got, you know, five to seven teams in the top 25 and that's every week, you know, so right. you drive seven hours to go play someone that's ranked, you know, 14th in the nation. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a coincidence that, you know, we have that many, um, you know, so you can get high level soccer at the D2 um, level. It's just a matter of understanding, you know, where that's at, what's the best fit for you um, versus, you know, going to a D1 and and you could be a number. Um, and that number sometimes can, can weigh on you. You know, right. you know what I mean? Uh, you've been playing the game forever. You go there and you don't realize that, Little Susie's 24 years old. She's an All-American. She's been lifting weights since she was nine. And you you play the same position as her. You know, it's not that you're 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 not as good as her. It's just that in that particular time and moment, that that experience is, is gonna trump, mm-hmm. you know, a freshman that's right, you know, just been playing club or high school soccer. It, it's tough. Uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that we're kind of dealing with now is, you know when do you, when do you become a, a woman? You know, you're going to go from being a girl to playing against women and, you know, your, your flip, your switch to flip to that sometimes may not happen until your second semester. Um, you know, and that, that's sometimes a tough, tough, tough cookie to eat. Um, but at the D2 level, it's easier to, to work yourself into that. Um, you know, I think, I think more kids would be happy if they went D2 and then went D1 then getting up there and then having to, you know, your only options is to go down. And that's a kind of a, a, a sucky feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we talk about it, you mentioned it. So the Lone Star Conference, right? Such uh, an incredible, an incredible D2 conference. And, and I think that's the other thing that gets lost here, right? Is that so many times we're fixated on labels and titles, D1, 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 but can't tell you the, I firsthand, I know the number of athletes, um, D2 athletes, but particularly, you know, not all conferences, even within divisions are the same. We know that, right? Just at the division one level, whether it's power five, group of five, D2, you know, the Lone Star Conference. I mean, you're talking about truly one of the top three at worst, maybe conferences in the nation. Um, Tell us a little bit about not just the level of play, which you kind of laid out a little bit, but 
even just and beyond the travel, but just even coaching within that conference. What is what is that experience like within the Lone Star Conference? Yeah, so uh, last year when I got here, I kind of compared it to the year before. Um, here, you'll find that uh, tactically you can do more because the kids are more athletic. Um, uh, most folks don't realize this, but uh, most of the teams in the conference have Texas kids. Um, and that Texas kid has been playing in Texas heat their whole life. Um, so by default, that kid is going to be fit. They're going to be athletic. They're going to be used to running in the weather that you can't breathe in. Um, you know, so, um, you know, it, it's kind of, if you compare it to, to higher level pro soccer, right? Like uh, you, you can do more if you're not worried about being fit. Um, and I think that's one of the big things I've noticed in this conference is that tactically it's, it's, if you don't get it right, you're going to get rolled. Um, and a lot of those coaches are able to do that because their kids are just so athletic. Um, and then I say on the back end of that, that kid is is athletic because they're Texan. You know what I mean? Like it, they don't have to do anything extra. They grow up, you know, in the heat, just just running, um, you know. So something we're looking more uh, look at looking forward to, to getting more into with our team is is just, you know, just getting fitter, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I think. Our Texas kids that we've brought have raised our level, um, you know, and we're just looking to get more uh, competitive in that nature. And then once we get there, uh, the technical stuff and the tactics that we are doing, it'll work for us longer. Um, if that kind of makes sense, you know, yeah. uh, some things I try to explain to the girls this past season, right? Like, obviously, our results aren't what we want, but I'm like, hey, think about it, right? Like, we're getting in positions in the game, which is what we want, um, you know. We watched film the other day and I said, uh, I was like, hey, this is what 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 our left or right back is able to do is what we're trying to do tactically. Right. So although we may not have won or we may not have got, you know, it's working, um, you know, so for us, if we can get a bit more fit, I, I think uh, we'll be able to do those things at a longer stretch. Right. Like right now, I say we got 10 minutes here, eight minutes there. We want to get a good, you know, 35, 40 minutes of it. Gotcha. So, you know, so having come, having come from the um, the Atlantic, if you will, right, the Eastern Seaboard, if you will, West West Virginia, Maryland, right, um, and then you get here and you talk about that kind of some of those kids, the the more athletic kids, these these kids from Texas, these young student athletes. How long did it take you to quickly realize that maybe some of these kids that have you know these student athletes from Texas that have been playing at a different certain level in the heat forever, as you say, since maybe age nine, yeah. how quickly, how long did it take you to pick up on that, that, Hey, this is a little different. Uh, I would say probably two weeks into our season, um, you know, uh, last year, two weeks in our season last year, right? Like I'm still trying to learn the girls trying to figure out, you know, who they are, uh, you know, how they play and, and what their goals are. Um, and then I start sitting down and I'm like, you know, I talked to probably six or seven of them. And they're from Texas, you know. So as I started to look at recruits, um, that was the one thing that I was I was noticing is that those kids were just athletic, you know. And then we'd get to a game and I'd, you know, I'd be watching the other team, doing some scouting and just trying to figure out how can we solve their puzzle. And, you know, sometimes it would just come down to that girl is more athletic than, you know, what we have at the moment in that position. Um you know, when that started to happen, um, that's when I started to dig a little deeper into, OK, so we need to look a bit a bit more at the, the big state of Texas for recruiting. 
Um, you know, obviously it's going to be tougher because there's so many schools there. Um, but that kid itself um, can come into the season, come into preseason already fit, um, you know, and that that right there for me was something that um, I was looking forward to. Right. Like then in preseason, you don't really have to spend, you know, those that short week that we have before it kicks off trying to get in shape when you have kids that are already there. Um, so I would say, you know, two weeks into last year when we first started, that was kind of when, you know, I knew after talking to some of the Texas kids that that's kind of where we need to head for some of our recruits and and kind of get what they got and bring it towards our culture. Gotcha. You know, one of the things, too, is obviously, yes, you're in right next door in New Mexico, but you play the overwhelming majority bulk of your matches especially in conference, obviously, in the state of Texas. So these recruits, obviously, naturally, they're going to be they're going to be in the area where where they grew up. Right. So it's a great point. Great point. So a uh, big shout out there to uh, our good friend of the podcast and my co-host of Inside Texas High School Soccer, Coach Rafa Casorena. Rafa, how are you, buddy? Um, so next question here, Coach, where have you, you know, you, you assess the program beyond just this year, right, in your time there, where if you're being completely objective, where have you, where have you seen the most growth? Um, I think for us, uh, just learning that we can actually play soccer. Um, you know, that, that's one of the big things this year. Um, you know, just talking to my coaching staff, that's one of the things, right? Like as a coach, you always try to figure out, you know, where can we be better? What's going wrong? What was different in this game than a game, you know, six months ago to a year ago. Uh, and one of the big things that has changed for us is that, you know, we're, we're playing more soccer. Um, you know, I look back at our film from last year, uh, to be fair, we were just hoofing it and then sorting it out from there. Um, you know, this year we're actually co connecting and, and, co co and a lot of combinations happening. We're just trying to play a bit more soccer. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, the girls will tell you, um, I don't smile too often, but in times when things like that work for us on the inside, I do smile. Um, but I just try to make sure they understand that, you know, uh, two minutes of that doesn't equate to 90 minutes. So can we, can we do a bit more? And by that you get kind of my stern face. Um, you know, <laughs> I look back at, at our game the other day at a uh, St. Mary's, um, you know, we're down one Oh, there's, uh, I guess 30 seconds left in a half. We score a goal. Everybody's going nuts. And my face is still fixated on the play that happened 10 seconds before that. You know, and uh, we get to training on Monday and the girl that scored it, she was like, coach, I scored that goal for you for your birthday. And I tried so hard not to smile. But, you know, uh, it's just one of those things where I can see the game growing within us. Yeah, um, yeah. It just sucks that, you know, we lose a good bit of those girls that are, that, are, that are finally starting to get get after what they looked for in college, which is it's playing the game. So right. um, that's one of my big things. And, and again, I'm, I'm excited for it. Obviously, the season's coming to an end here soon. Um, but, uh, you know, watching them actually play the game is something that makes me happy. Nice. Great. Great to hear. So just tell them, it's like, Hey, if you don't feel like smiling coach, just blame it on the wisdom on, on, yeah. wisdom, <laughs> on the root canal. I'm sorry. Blame yeah. it on the root canal. So, all right. So we start to segue here, coach, you got a question here for you. Um, this one, I love to ask this one of our, of our college coaches in particular. Um, yeah, you're on the tail end of 2023 season, but as you know, how, how we define successes for our for our programs, our players, right? Um, that kind of varies, kind of from group to group, year to year. 
uh, and depending upon what you know what level whether it's a freshman a senior what have you but overall as a whole how would you finish this sentence for me the 2023 season for eastern new mexico university women's soccer will be a success if uh for us i want to say if we if we're able to um grab points against teams that you know historically we've never been able to do um you know we've got some of those games coming up where every year you know this program has has lost to that to that team or or tied that team or whatever it may be but you know uh, for me we're just looking to grab grab points against those those teams um you know and and you know send the seniors out with with saying like hey um you know my senior year I was able to do this I was able to do that you know and uh, I was talking to my assistant I think it was or or our sports information director and I said you know right now um we have a lot of seniors who scored their first goals this year or who've got their first assist this year and you know I'm like you may have been here four years and you, you've, you, it took you four years to get, you know, your first goal, your first assist. And that has happened because, you know, maybe you've worked a bit harder or we're playing better soccer or, you know, we moved you to a different position or, you know, you've enjoyed the process of learning under me and my, my, my staff, even though it may have been challenging for you, but at the end of the day, Hey, you got your first goal. Like that's, that's, that's brilliant for us. So, um, you know, over these next two weeks, if we can grab some points and, 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 you know, put a few seniors in a better situation, um, you know, I, I'll smile to that and, and, and hopefully, um, you know, things will be good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, coach, we cover the college game and the Texas program. So, you know, by, by proxy, we, we cover, you know, or we're at least aware of your, your results as well. Right. So being in the Lone Star Conference um, and you're right, you've been, you look at, you look at your, not just the final score, right? Because we know that can sometimes be not tell the whole story. But in looking at your games, being very familiar with your games, you all have you all have been in these matches. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you know they're runaways. You guys are getting blown away right from the start, and you're just you know you're chasing the game for ninety minutes. You all have been in these matches, right? Case in point, last week here in San Antonio, right, uh, Saint versus Saint Mary's. Um, so yeah, I mean keep up, you know, keep up the great job. And, and that's kind of one of those things, right? If you kind of keep just chopping away, chopping away, eventually some of those things start to go your way. Yeah. The, the coach at, at St. Mary said to me when he saw me, he's like, Hey, you lost some weight. And I was like, yeah, stress, man. Like my <laughs> blood pressure's through the roof. Um, you know, we, we, we were on, I think that was our, I don't know. We got five left. So 13, 14, something like that. I'm like, man, you don't understand. Like we play good soccer. And then, something goofy happens yeah. and, and and we're there. And I say, you know, after the games, like it's hard for me to eat right away. Like my belly is still there. So, you know, we may go seven hours and I may have had like some crackers or something. My Chipotle is still sitting there and it's just, it's just, you know, it's heartbreaking. But I, again, I say, I, I can't be too mad. Cause like, like you alluded to, right? Like, well, I don't think we're getting outplayed. I think it's just, we have those moments where, right. you know, something goofy happens and, now you're two zero down, or two to one, or one to one, um, and and those things can can weigh on you, and um, and, and it's tough for the girls. But you know, like you said, it, it's it's not like we're getting getting blown out. I think we played maybe one team this year where I thought they were they were that much better than us. Um, and the kids like to remind me uh, that game we had twelve kids out, right? Like we had we ran through a a stomach bug, salmon salmonella. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It, it caught one and then it caught her roommate and 
for us, it just happened to catch everybody on that week. So, um, but I thought that team that week was better than us. But again, we have we have great great moments, and then the bad moments they eat us up, and that's mm-hmm. that's indicative to the conference. You don't have any time to do any of that. You will be punished. Um, and and I think that's something that most kids uh, don't really understand about our conference is is you know you one mistake and you can go from first to fourth immediately, right. um, you know, and then there's no way back. So, um, but yeah, I think overall, you know, it's, 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 it's a stressful situation. Um, but I, I can't be too mad at them for, for playing the game that, that I'm trying to teach and, and, you know, doing their, their thing. Um, yeah. end of the day, we score more goals this year than last year. Uh, not much, but we've, we've scored more goals already. So I- that's a, just that's just another little measuring stick, right? Just another one. Yeah. So great stuff. So you know, you gave us a great quote uh, earlier in the week. You gave us a great quote on uh, attending and recruiting high school soccer as well as club, right? So tell us your your take on that a little bit, a little bit more beyond the quote, obviously, as far as uh, attending. You know, attending. How you feel about that? As as far as attending soccer, high school soccer games, because as you know, the old the old adage is just like a you know, college coaches, they don't go to high school games. They'll never recruit at high school games. Yeah. Um, tell us your take on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I started uh, when I got into West Virginia, I, I started working in club soccer and my girls from there, I got them when they were U10, I think it was all the way up to high school. Um, so when they got to high school, obviously I'm coaching high school girls. Um, I get to go watch them play high school. You know, if you've ever been in West Virginia, it's, it's not that big. I mean, it is, but it isn't you can kind of hit all the high schools, you know, within an hour or so of yourself. So um, I started watching games there um, and you start to notice like uh, there's some very good girls here that, that obviously don't play on our club, which was, you know, one of the only ones in that area. Uh, There was two of us, two club teams there. So, um, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, well, you don't play for us and you don't play for the other one. So who do you play for? Right. And then you kind of go back and think, um, well, why don't they play for either of us? Right. And, um, unfortunately, the price tag, you know, for that area was pretty high. Uh, high school soccer is free for the most part. Obviously, I get your physical and that kind of stuff that you got to pay for. Um, so that was one of my things where, you know, I'm thinking to myself, um, if I didn't come to this game to watch, you know, little Susie who plays for me, I never would have seen Jennifer, who can't afford to play club in, in, in West Virginia, uh, just based on what it's going to what it's going to take. Um, you know, so from there, I, I've kind of always you know, push myself more towards the high school, um, you know, and then one of the tough things is I get a lot of emails from kids that play in the ECNL or the GA or whatever you got going on now. Um, and I've, I've gone to some of those tournaments. Um, I, my first year of coaching actually at the D2 level, I went to Disney. Um, I was like, I'm going to go find me some girls. I get to be in Florida for a bit. It's going to be nice. And then you're sitting on the sideline and you're looking at all the coaches there and you're like, it don't matter that I'm here. You got Miami, you got Duke, you got Florida, Florida State, you got all these D1s that you're not going to be able to compete with, right? And then that goes back into something, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, that D, D1 or bus mentality, right? Like, you know, let's be realistic. Not everybody on UCNL team is going to play D1. Um, but a lot of people think they are, right? Because they're always at the games. That's all you're seeing, you know. And for us, being a small D2 school, uh, financially, we can't compete with some of those schools, you know, just on the scholarship end. Um, right. Academically, right, like we're pretty close. Um, but 
not a lot of kids understand that. And that's where you, where you start to lose it. Um, you know, so for me, it came to the point where I'm like, it's going to cost me too much money to go to an ECNL tournament where there's over, you know, 800 coaches and 300 of them are D1 coaches that, that we just can't compete with. So where can I go to find that same player um, and see them, you know, perform at a high level? It's high school, right? Um, you know, for the most part in some states, that kid that plays club plays high school. Um, and at, at, the reality is sometimes they have a better showing at the high school level because they're with more of their friends, right? Like club soccer, you can have kids from two or three hours away playing with you every weekend. Um, where in high school soccer, it's your friend that that's that's in science class with you. Um, so more comfortability and, and just a bit more pride to play for your school, right? Like the yeah. football team is there. Uh, the cheerleaders are there, the base, like everyone's there and, and you, you have more of an environment. Um, I remember when I was in high school, that was a big thing. You got a Friday night game and everybody's there, right? Like tomorrow's the big dance, you know? Um, so I, I love to see a kid in an environment where they're, where they're a bit more comfortable and they're not, you know, wasting, wasting money sitting on a bench and the parents are asking that kind of question, um, you know, so high school is where we, where we tend to end up to try to try to kind of, mitigate that, that, that little situation. Um, you know, you look at some of the team, some of the players we have on the team now, uh, a lot of them high school kids, uh, obviously they played some club, but most of their soccer where they were playing a lot, playing a lot of minutes was, was in high school. Um, you know, this, this summer I, I headed up to Farmington um, a good six hours away uh, to watch a high school play day, watch yeah, some soccer up there across the state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I was impressed with some of the players that we got to see. And, and for me, I would never get, get to see those kids play club if they play on one that's, you know, they're closer to Denver than they are to us. So mm-hmm. they'll play on a club team in Denver and play in that area. Um, and for me, I, I can't, I can't drive that far after driving seven hours in a bus chain, like, like I'm good, you know? So um, <laughs> the high school tournament got, you know, put me in a position to see a lot of those kids um, and, a lot of them we've, we've sent offers to. We've signed a couple kids that we saw from up there, um, you know. So I, I encourage kids to play it. You know, honestly, I, I think um, I think the club and the high school need to get on the same pick, same page. You know, uh, deep diving on Twitter on X. Sorry, I was going to call it Twitter. Twitter, um, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm still getting used to it too. I mean, we we see kids that you know high schools obviously can't control their their scheduling, right? Like that's done. At, a, at an association higher than them, but they'll have three games a week for high school and then club will schedule games the same day um, or they'll schedule practice the same time as high school practice and say, you, if you don't play, if you don't come to club practice, you're not playing, um, you know. So now the kid has to make a choice that, you know, our family's money or go be comfortable playing with my, my mates in high school, um, you know. So right. for me, I, I think it's it's easier you, you see a kid in a better light and um, I get to meet more people in the community. Uh, you get to see families more um, and, and you could just kind of see a kid that that's going to do, that's going to be in a better situation, right? Like you and I both played at and probably been to club tournaments. That is a hectic situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to be honest uh, for us coaches, uh, I, I've been at tournaments where they play all the same age group at the same time on fields that are, miles apart um you know so we have to select who we're going to go watch and 
it, it turns into a situation where you, you're probably going to miss a kid, to be honest, um, just because they're playing on another field at the same time as the field you're on. Um, I, I don't remember what tournament it was, but I watched something like 22 games in three days. Um, wow. And with, with doing that, I only get to stay at the game for like 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. That's the only way. That's the only way. Yeah. And, you know, not really fair to the kids that you're trying to get. And it's hard to really make an assessment in 15 minutes. Um, plus the concession stands at the high school. I'm down for that. You're <laughs> um, the first to mention those are on, the on point. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It's I'll a spend point. a little money, you know, yeah. I, we don't pay to get in. So, you know, here's my little $5 that'll go towards the teams and the boosters clubs. Uh, give me a little hot dog or some M&Ms or something. Um, but those, those are things that you, you're not going to really get at club. Um, right. Out there, we get the hospitality tent. So I don't, I'm going to stay in there and eat that, that pasta that they bought for us rather than looking at, you know, 20 fields to, to find, to find some, some kids. So. Right. Right. So you talked about the, you talked about the Texas kid, right. That you've noticed there. So thoughts on, the actual Texas high school soccer scene. Um, how much, how much have you been able to attend or what you see on social media? What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of our recruiting from that has happened online right now. Um, you know, uh, I got an assistant in this year. So um, I would tell folks last year, it was kind of tough to figure out where I can go, um, who I can see, who I should see, how I can get the best bang out of my buck. Um, and I learned my lesson, like Texas plays in the, the winter and the spring, um, you know, I made the mistake last year of all our practices for the same time as the Texas high school games. Uh, so going into this year, I can, I can kind of, you know, be better at what I'm going to do there. Maybe I put weights on the same night that Texas high school plays. So that way I can, I can actually go to games, right? Like mm-hmm. we've got a great strength staff, like they don't need us in there. They, they do anything and it's working. Um, but, uh, Going forward, a lot of what I have seen obviously has been videos and, and you know, profiles and things like that. Um, you get a mixed batch. I will say that. You get a mixed batch. Um, there's some games where I'm like, Lord have mercy. Uh, I can't really tell if you're great because of who you're playing against. Um, you know, you got kids out there that are just walking. Um, I'm like, some videos, I got bad eyes. I'm like, I, I think that girl's got on tennis shoes. Uh, you know, and then you get some games where I'm like, I don't know who I'm watching because everybody is good. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been goals where I'm like, I don't, I don't, nobody's going to stop that. It doesn't matter who's in the net. Nobody would have stopped that. And there's other ones where I'm like, man, that goal is a passenger. She's waving at everything. Like, like you scored 400 goals in high school, but look, <laughs> look who you're playing against. Right, um, right. And those are the kids that, you know, we invite out to, to, to uh, visits or the ID camp for me is probably the better thing. Cause you get more soccer out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. with the rules in the NCAA, but um, I'm looking to get out to more Texas games coming up. Uh, we've got some contacts at Amarillo that we can kind of kind of go over to and um, a few over in Lubbock that we can kind of, you know, get to as well. Um, but I think for us, we kind of have to pick and choose because obviously, you know, most of these Texas schools are, are pretty close to all our rivals, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I can assume those coaches have been there or that kid has grown up in a town where, uh, like, for instance, WT, they've grown up in a town where they've seen that stadium, they've seen those players, they've seen that all the time. Um, you know, so for us, small Eastern, you know, it may be one of those, hey, I'm already good. I've already, I've grown up on this. This is what I got. Um, but yeah, 
there are some good players, um, and and I am excited for the ones that we have got. Um, if you could see our recruit board in here, I will say uh, out of the 600 that are on there, I would say maybe 30, 40% of them are from Texas. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of making sure we can get to the right spot at the right time. Yeah. Um, so I encourage those kids from Texas to reach out. And as me and my assistant plan our, our winter and our, our spring, um, we're going to for sure try to hit some of those spots. Nice. Well said. So we started segueing here, Coach, and we, we talk about when you look back, right, the kind of 35,000-foot view of the college game, right, <clears throat> your experience plus what you've seen, what you've observed, um, talking with colleagues at different levels, what would you say? So the biggest change in in the game, the college game right now maybe, and what do you see as the biggest change? You know, what does it look like five years from now? Yeah, so from when I played, I was and I guess started coaching. Um, I know this is a hot take. I think Carly Lloyd said it. Uh, the kids have gotten more technical. Um, I don't know if it's just what I'm seeing or what I'm observing, um, but you'll find things now where kids look more like, uh, like I guess the game kind of looks more like professional games, where you'll see the the one twos, the tiki tackers. You know, where when we played and you know when I first started coaching, it was kicking and run. Um, right. That, that's, that's something that it still exists to this day, but, um, I don't think, I don't think I've seen as many technical girls now that I've saw when I first started coaching on, on the female side. Um, right. you know, uh, when I first started, you know, I played co-ed soccer and there'd be maybe three or four girls that were technically good. I was like, okay, so you obviously have played at a higher level and you've been beat up on when you were little. So. You get it. You can't lose the ball. You got to get rid of it quicker. Um, and then now, instead of it being four, it's like 30, where they just technically good enough, right? Like, uh, you know, you could have co-ed tournaments, and if you turned off the lights and tried to play, you couldn't tell if it was a male or a female by their ability. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of right. what yeah. I've seen in the game so far. And then, you know, watching some of the professional games and some of the higher-level D1s, the Power 5s, just technically – you'll find a batch of kids that are just very good. Um, you know, another thing that I guess it's kind of going away from is the physicality. Um, you know, you'll find, you know, maybe, uh, for instance, on a team of like 30, like we have, um, you may find 10 or ten to 12 of them are, are very physical. And then you'll find, you know, another 10 that can be, but aren't sure if they can, uh, based on when they did it when they were younger coming up. It's a foul, but in college, you know, the ref is going to probably tell you to get up or or chuckle at you um, to kids that they just ain't interested in, in getting tackled. Um, you know, those are those are big things that I think have have, have we've have seen when the game has changed, um, you know. Uh, so obviously for us, you know, trying to find that kid that has that healthy balance of, you know, understanding the physicality of the game um, are very technically good on the ball and then tactically just understand, understand the games and the nuances of it. Um, and I think that's one of the tough things on, on the female side of things is, is not being able to watch a lot of soccer. Um, and I say that in, in, in terms of on TV, it's, it's more male dominant when you, when you see soccer, right. you know? Um, and then they push the, the women's game to some goofy streaming platform that you don't got time for. You know what I mean? Like, 
you're asking us to download, you know, this thing we've never heard of to watch a game and then we do it and the streaming is, is terrible. So you, you're turned off, right? Like yeah. you're yeah. not watching the game based on where it's been pushed through. Um, you know, whereas the men's game every Saturday, you can turn on your, on your, on your regular TV and catch a Premier League game. Um, I think the MLS moved to Friday or something. Right. Um, but the dominance of soccer on TV is male oriented. I wish it was more female oriented. You know, they would watch more and they would they would get more nuances that that tend to happen. Um, and I think that's that's something that, you know, is changing. But I would love to see more of, um, you know. So overall, as, as us coaches, you know, we got to kind of go with the flow of, of what's happening. Um, and I think right now the the trend is athleticism and technical ability, um, you know, so. For us, that's where we're heading. Hopefully, you know, things change over the next few years as as soccer infiltrates America and it becomes on TV more. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I want to see, you know, the women's game get into when, when the kids can just just watch it more. Uh, you'll be surprised of how good you can become just just watching. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things that I stress, you know, to my you know, to my student athletes is watching, particularly, you know, my my female athletes. It's one of, I don't know what it is. One of the biggest things it's sometimes it's like pulling teeth, right? No pun intended. Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like pulling teeth to just tell them it's like, Hey, watch the game. You know, there's now, you, you know what it was like, you know, when we were younger, yeah. when we, you know, it was hard to catch live games on TV. Now it's like you, I mean, it's just take your pick, right? It's take your pick. So it's getting them to just to watch it. But then also I tell them, want kind of learn to watch it like a coach what do i mean by that it's like what don't just follow the ball everywhere right it's like yes. what is happening the off the ball movement right the the decision making right so yeah. so yeah so it's a lot of that but yeah no it's um i so love to hear another coach talk about that especially at the college level because with our female athletes in particular that's one of the biggest things we have to stress is we need more of them simply watching the game yeah i i uh one of our one of our players here, uh, she's one of the captains. She watches soccer. She loves it, you know. And I asked her who her favorite player was, um, and I, I can't remember what she told me, but but uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, that was her favorite player. Um, mm. And I had to agree with her. I was like, yeah, you know, that's what, a player that I think the U.S. is always good when she plays. Um, and I said, uh, but I don't think she plays the same position as her. I was like, so you need to watch someone in your position. You know mm. what I mean? Like, watch what they do. Kind of understand. Um, you know, obviously, sometimes the TV doesn't show everything, but right. I said, you know, watch your position and 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 you'll learn a bit more, um, and you'll you'll find yourself in situations in games that you just saw. So by instinct, you're like, oh, I saw that. Your brain will process it, you know. And yeah, um, yeah. one of the cool things I talk about camps, like, um, you know, uh, sometimes they want us to do uh, the men's and the women's camps together, and I say, you know, I don't mind it, but I I highly suggest that we do. Uh, a camp on our own based on the fact that at the youth level, those girls need, need, need females to look up to. Right. So we're, we're trying to get that, that whole ladder to kind of be in the same, the same uh, jungle, as you could say. Right. Um, you know, I, I think a female player will relate more if they can see another female player playing, um, you Absolutely. know, it, it's tough to say, Hey, go watch Messi when they're like, I don't care about no Messi. I want to go watch Alex Morgan or, you know, my favorite Sam Kerr, that's 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 one for me. Um mm -hmm. or or Lauren James, like go watch one of those kids and 
right. and mirror your game for them because essentially you're the same, you're the same person, right? Like you're built the same, your hips are the same, your ankles are the same, your joints are the same. Whereas you and Ronaldo, you ain't it ain't it. It ain't it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, well said. No, I'm love to hear that great stuff. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. So Coach, that's going to do it with our first segment with the buildup there. Uh, made it through a lot of great stuff. Thank you for that. So before we get uh, before we move on to our second segment here in our counterattack segment, let us tell you about our good friends at Gipper. So Gipper is the way schools, athletic departments, ADs, co and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join over 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience. If you do have significant design experience, you can and you are what they call the power user, you can you can use this to your distinct advantage because it's designed for you as well, for the advanced user as well. So um, the other best part about it is that just for being a listener to the 5050 podcast, you can save today. All right. So listeners of the 5050 podcast can receive 10% off any first time Gipper purchase. Simply visit gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. So our other good friends at Global Scarves, as you guys may know, we had our, uh, we had, we partnered with them going on about what, six, seven months now. They had a, uh, they did up uh, a great scarf for us that will, that will, uh, we'll be rocking this year at the Tasco Texas High School Soccer Coaches Convention next month in Galveston. But Global Scarves is the top provider of custom-knitted scarves, beanies, and other fan merchandise in the U.S. All merch is fully custom with free design services and free shipping on all orders. I'm going to say that again, free shipping on all orders. That's a pretty awesome deal. You can contact them at info at globalscarves.com to get any free designs or quotes built up for your school or club. Again, you can contact them at info at globalscarves.com. And you can, use the, you can use the code hashtag 5050pod or just mention the 5050 podcast. And our good friend Kyle, Mr. Kyle Wall, he'll take care of you and they'll get you set up. So great stuff. Awesome. All right, coach. It is that time. The moment of truth counterattack segment. You ready to go? Uh, every day of my life, man. All right. Here we go. First one. So um, I've only asked this one one other time. So let's see how you handle this one. So, all right. You have to support one, despise one, and invest in one. Okay. So Wrexham, Sunderland and uh the mythical afc richmond oh that's tough uh i think you kind of put it in the right order you you really? gotta you gotta invest in Wrexham, right like um for me that story is great right like the support from that town and that club is where you want to be with your money right like you, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to throw you know dollar bills into a bank that is about to go under you know what i mean right um, Sunderland, uh, I, well, I'm changing the order, right? I got to despise them, right? Uh, at some point, they were in the Premier League, and I'm a huge Chelsea fan, so to that, right? And <laughs> then, um, All right. You said, what was the next one, support? So support, despise, and invest. Invest. All right, so I'm investing in, in Wrexham. Okay. I despise Sunderland, and I'll, I'll support the the lone wolf uh, AFC, the, right? The fellow, the fellow, uh, the fellow Greyhounds, man, aren't they? They're the Greyhounds, right? The AFC Richmond, right? From Ted Lasso, aren't they the Greyhounds? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll support them. I and my girls have done it. They put one of those things in my uh, my office. They're like, "Coach, do you watch that?" And I'm like, "Girlfriend, I ain't got time to watch nothing." <laughs> like, 
well, you should watch it. No, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm going to go home after this, eat, go to sleep, wake up, do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> well, when you do get the chance, right, at some point, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe when you're recovering from that next root canal, man, get in there, watch it. It's some good <laughs> stuff. It really is some, some pretty good stuff. Beyond just the soccer coach, right, there's so much more good. There's so much to it. Absolutely. So, And as you know, I know you know how – the whole Ted Lasso thing began right as a joke, right? As a, as a, it was, it was commercial. Really a commercial. It was a yeah. commercial a joke when the Premier League was first coming to the U.S. to NBC, and what it's become is fun, is fascinating, fascinating stuff. So it's brought some soccer fans to us. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, next one: VAR, yes or no? VAR, VAR, whatever we want to call it, yes or no? Yes, hundred percent. Stop yeah. cheating. It was a handball. Give me my PK. <laughs> All right. All right. I like that. I like that. Definitive. Next one. Book you are currently or most recently read. Seven hour, seven hour road trips, coach. I know you got to get something. I, I got nothing for you, to oh. be honest. I, oh, I think the last book I read um, was probably five or six years ago. I think it was a, uh, it was a soccer book. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, that was when I was in West Virginia, though, right? You get snowed in. So I was like, I definitely oh, yeah. need yeah, I, I need something. That was a while ago. I, I probably should pick something back up. Yeah. Go in my DMs. Slide me some books in my DMs. I'll take it from you folks out there. There you go. There you go. I'll share some with you as well, Coach. So, all right. Next one. Professional. If you have one, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe there's a few, right? But um, or maybe it's just some that you look up to, but a professional professional coach that maybe you pattern yourself after. Hmm, that's that's tough. That's tough. Um, I I think it's it's tough, right? Because right, I right. think I'm still learning, so I always, right. you know, try to pick up from as many people as I can. Um, I'll well, say yeah, some. People, we ask the tough questions here, Coach. That's, yeah. what, that's what we do. Here. <laughs> Well, I'd say some people that I, I kind of look at, like I look at Nick Saban, I look at some stuff that he he does every now and then, just kind of on the player's end. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm turning into a Dion guy. Um, he's got some great gems in terms of just, you know, thinking outside the box with his, with his players. Yeah. Um, Phil Jackson was one, right? Like he's done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say that, you know, soccer-wise, I, I liked Bruce Arena in the beginning. Um yeah. But I'm always trying to, yeah. It's been a while. It's yeah. Been a while. <laughs> it's just tough because I like it'll be like a day I'm like, I like this guy. It'll be another day where I'm like, ah. You're right. Um, and at, at one point, I was a huge fan of uh, Jill Ellis. Um, I liked what she was doing. Um, but obviously, politics can, you know, and all that stuff. When politics start happening, I, I push away from that and move on. Right. Um, but those are a few that, that I kind of, kind of look up to uh Zidane I liked what he was doing at when he was when he was coaching mm-hmm. um but other than that uh it, it's it's tough right the the the, yeah. the main the, the main answer to that question is always like Pep Guardiola and I'm like correct yeah it's more there's got to be more to it than that but yeah. I'm like he's a great coach but that guy's never had a crappy player so <laughs> yeah there's a lot of people that that feel like they have that sentiment right it's like hey tell me point out you know, because I mean, let's just look at the clubs, the clubs and the players that he's coached at. Right. So whether it be, you know, Barca, obviously uh, Bayern and currently Man City. Right. So a lot of people, a lot of people point that out. But just now you can't argue, you know, the genius of of maybe the tactics and strategy. Right. But yeah, but 
those right. things when those things can come to fruition a lot easier right when you coach some of the talents that that he's Correct. had yeah and no i'm like do i look at you and and you know look at what you're doing and i'm like yeah but you, you're doing that with kevin de Bruyne, with messi right i can't do that if i don't got those two players so who can i more relate to right and mm -hmm. i think at our level uh I think Saban and, and Dion have it the best where you're, you're not necessarily coaching the game, you're coaching the human. So you've got to find that element to kind of, you know, go along with the X's and O's. And I think those guys put out some gyms that, that mm -hmm. kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. So I guess you're a big uh, Aflac commercial guy then, right? If you I like those guys, if you love those two, right? So. I, I hate it. I liked it back in the day when Aflac, when you would get that, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be doing something in the kitchen and you get that, you're like, oh, this guy. Yeah. But now it's too, like, for the money. Right, right. So, all right, next one here for you. So, this is kind of a two parter. Current, this one I've been asking as of late. So, current music and podcast playlist. What's kind of it? What's in the rotation there, if anything? What's what are the kind of maybe the go tos? Yeah. So, um, I'm a huge music guy. I got five top fives, and that is like my playlist to a T. Um, but I get in, I get in moods, um, and I get in moods and moments. Girls pointed it out. So, uh, when I set up the, when I set up training, I always play music on my phone. While I'm setting up, yeah. Coach. Why you got that sad song on? Uh, I think it was a <laughs> Post Malone song. Uh, what's it's um, which one? Oh crap! Uh, I can't think of it, but it was it was a huge one. Um, I fall apart. Oh, I fall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, bro, it's just it's just shuffling. I don't I don't know. Um, but I'm huge right now. Um, a uh, couple of my friends from back at home, they've got a band that's that's pretty huge called Ballyhoo. Um, okay. Those are my, my go-tos. Um, and I've have been on a kicker right now with Mace, old school Mace. Mace. Uh, wow. Yeah. I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah. He's got a song that I guess shuffled on my uh, playlist. Um, and it's it, it's one from like the 90s. Um, right. And I've, I don't, I've never heard it. And I don't know why. Because he used to be my guy with like uh, Puff Daddy. He's not, he's not right. Diddy. He's Puff Daddy. Right. Um, and I love the song. Um, I love that song that he has and gym class heroes made a remix of it and I okay. never knew it came from that song. So when that song popped up, I was like, hold up, rewind that back. I was like, okay. So when I wake up every morning, that's a song I listen to right away. That, that song from Mace puts me in a good mood. Um, there you go. and then I go, I go find one of the songs from my, my mates from Ballyhoo and, uh, deal with them. Uh, they got punk rock, uh, reggae. Uh, those are my, my, my go-to. Um, nice. But if you shuffle my playlist, you'll hear a lot of uh, Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, uh, John Mayer. That's my guy right there, John Mayer. John um, Mayer. Yeah. Uh, and then Dashboard Confessionals, uh, those kind of, that kind of emo music. Man, you're um, dropping a lot of ones I haven't heard about in forever, yeah. right? Dashboard Confessional. I remember those guys. Yeah, I go Wait, hard. All right. <laughs> what, about the pod <laughs> what about the uh, anything podcast, in the podcast uh, rotation there? What do you got? Any any uh, go-tos, anything you like? Or is there a particular genre you like? What? Yeah, uh, when I listen to podcasts, I listen to two. Um, one is a Marvel podcast. Um, they do so kind of sort of what you guys do as well, where they'll, they'll do um, a podcast along with uh, uh, a Zoom, a live stream. Gotcha. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but I'm a huge Marvel geek, so... I'm always oh new new rock star. That's what's called new rock star. New rock star. Okay. So I'm, I'm on that. And then um, another artist that I like, Mike Stud. He's ventured into the podcast realm, um, and he does one that's called uh, "You Never Know" or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm down for that. He puts some some good gems out as well. Former athlete that got hurt. That's in the music, so he relates a bit to more of the kids that we deal with. So um, 
We kind of so listen to those. It's a music-based podcast. Is that what it is? Is that what he puts out? No, he's a he's a musician that does uh, does uh, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So he'll yeah. get celebrities on. Um, he'll talk about his music sometime with just themselves. But he's got a lot of friends in that upper upper area that he kind of does does podcasts with. So those two are my long trippers. Where I'll I'll go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the music is 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 what it is. Nice, great stuff. Hey, you dropped some you dropped some gems for sure. I hadn't heard these in. And heard a mace. I mean, was the last time I heard mace? Wow. Yeah. All right. So I know some of, some of the kids will go look that up now. Who's this mace guy? They're gonna go right. get some, some pepper spray. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Next one. Greatest the uh, greatest sports movie. Greatest sports movie. I'm gonna go with um, the Big Green for the moment. I'm a moment kind of guy. Um, that's one of the first ones that I got into. Bought that sucker on VHS. I was like, Yo, this is it. Um, that was one, and uh, for the younger little, generation listening, uh, you'll have to explain what VHS is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, side note: We got our first bus of the season. It had a VHS instead of a DVD player. Uh, oh, wow. We watched Greece all the way to a game. How Crazy. did your players? How did your players respond? How did they react when they saw that? You know, what was their? Some of, well, some of them were like, uh, they were just looking at it, like they're like, "Coach, that's a big box," and I said, "Yeah." Um, this thing is older than you. So this, this tape is older than you. Like everything up here in this cabinet is older than you. Um, yeah. But no, Big Green was one of my first ones. And then Little Giants, that was one that I was, yes. I was into. Yeah. Um, but in terms of sports movies, uh, you know, sometimes I watch it and sometimes I don't. Like, like it sucks when you know the plot um, and the rest of it's kind of not fun. But Big Green, Little Giants, and Ladybugs were, were the three yeah. that I kind of grew up on um, that I kind of, you know, if I want to put something on, I'll, I'll, I'll go to them. Um, you know, we introduced my, my nephew to one of those the other day. Uh, well, I guess a couple of years, a couple of years ago, they got to watch, you know, the big greens and the ladies bugs. Those two were, were good and little giants as well. So yeah, little love, little giants. We had his true story here when I was, uh, so when I was at the air force Academy, one of our plays that we had designed um, oh. a set piece, right? <laughs> a free kick we had, and we could, we just randomly somehow started toying around with the annexation of Puerto Rico and it yeah. came and it stuck. <laughs> it stuck and it was it was it was a go-to go-to play for about two years. So that's that's one of those movies. I mean, I don't to be fair, I don't think I have any sports movies. Yeah. Um, just kidding. Green Street, I got Green Street Hooligans. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but Great I don't know movie. if we I don't know if we count yeah. that as I don't know if yeah, that's kind of that's like sports adjacent, right? Yeah. So but yeah, great movie though. Great movie. All right, next one. So this one always ruffles feathers, right? Favorite and least favorite. Can't say your own either. Favorite and least favorite soccer team. Uh, my favorite soccer team, Chelsea. We we know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole world knows that. And if you don't like Chelsea, you need to like Chelsea. That's it. Um, least favorite. Um, that's tough. Uh, has to be Liverpool. Those are my two that. We appreciate you joining us on the podcast, Coach. Thank yeah. you. For your time. Uh, I have to. It has to be my worst one. My really, my, uh, really? my niece and nephew. You go with Liverpool as a Chelsea guy. Not uh, you're not not Tottenham. Not something. Not another London squad. Not even Arsenal. Wow. Well, I, I have to. Those those get to me because like when we play, my nephew and my niece they will they will eat me up yeah. if Chelsea loses. Right. Like yeah. um, those guys, they know they love soccer. They understand how it goes over in England like that, like the rivalries and all that. So um, uh, my nephew just got a new bedroom and I, I called him. And I'm like, mate, 
the whole bedroom is a Liverpool bedroom, right? Like it's got Liverpool everywhere. It's gonna be a great man right there. It's gonna be yeah, a great I said, yeah. I was like, mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you one blue block to put in your wall. And you know, he's like, nah, not gonna happen, Uncle. Not gonna happen. You know, I keep you, you mentioned Chelsea, and I keep thinking about oh man, it must have been it was a few weeks back on social media. I think it was on Twitter slash X, whatever we want to call it now. Yeah. Um it was it was an iPhone, right? But it, it was a super long extended, right? They obviously manipulated the picture, made yeah. it look like a super, super, super long iPhone. And it said, it's like, hey, the type of phone you need to have to be able to find Chelsea's place in the table, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it Facts. was Facts. hilarious. It Facts. was hilarious. So. Some of the girls here, uh, one of one of our girls here watches the Premier League and they, they know Chelsea's the one. Hey, did you watch the game? I don't want to talk about it. I don't watch any games. <laughs> Like not interested, um, but yeah, yeah, those two, and it's only because the the rivalry with the family. Um, right. I will say one. Uh, I love Chelsea. When I was playing in college, my coach first practice, he said, uh, "Go watch Didier Drugba. Don't come back until you know who that is." And I was like, yeah. "What the hell is that?" I was like, "I don't know what that is." Um, then I had to go watch, and I understood it. Uh, yeah. In America, growing up, it was DC United. That was my love and hate. Um, you know, I was being from Maryland. I grew up watching those guys play, and it. And it breaks my heart to see where that team has gone from where it was like right. in 96 with Eddie Pope, Etcheverry, John Harks, mm -hmm. Jaime Moreno, those guys, they mm -hmm. ruled MLS. Like you fell in love with soccer because those guys just won. Yeah. Um, how about Wayne, how about Wayne Rooney's uh, announcing he's not returning, doesn't have anything lined up. And then like 36 hours later, he's the new coach at Birmingham. Isn't that yeah. pretty awesome? <laughs> I was like, thank you. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're good. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Great stuff. All right, next one. Um, you are Eric Belcher's appointed soccer czar in America. You're in charge of all of soccer. What first change you make tomorrow regarding soccer in America? What would it be? It's like a two part for me. So it has to be affordable, and we have to get rid of uh, all these leagues competing. Those are the two things for me for the youth. Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about like? Just any level, any level. You can go there or at any any level, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, we, We're going to start there. We're climbing the ladder. We're going to climb the there ladder, right? So we change that, right? Because ultimately those are the ones that are going to get to your national team. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're hindered because there's just so much competition and it's money-based. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who I, – I can't remember what club it is, but you know in Texas, right? Like there's one club that has like 14 different teams in the same age bracket. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me. Um, so I'd start with that. And then when we get to the national team, um, I, I'd, I'd force our scouts to, to be more like college coaches. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like as of right now, you know, most of those scouts are limited to the big cities, but you, you never really get to the small areas where you can find that, that gym. Um, and in terms of coaching, I would make sure we, we had a, a coach with an identity and I would ensure that we're not, you know, pigeonholed into something political. Does that kind of make sense? Like, yeah, I look back at, uh, what's his name? Jurgen, Jurgen Klinsman when he was the coach. Klinsman. Yeah. That guy wrote the blueprint and then U.S. soccer was like, nah. And then here we are a few years later. They're like, well, maybe we maybe could. he was onto something, right? Maybe he yeah, was onto like, something. We need to. Yeah. So for me, that's where yeah. it's got to start. Uh, I don't think, I don't think soccer's in a bad place in America. I just think, you know, Slaton hit the nail on the head. He said, you know, my kid has to pay. I pay 3K for my kid to play or something like that. That's for one kid. And he's like, I'm not poor, so it's not that big of a deal. But if you're asking a working class family to play three to 5K plus mm -hmm. traveling, plus buying a uniform, yeah. 
plus buying the shoes uh, and you're going to go on a away trip and everybody's going out to eat. You're on a butt. Like I, that, that would be, that would be some of the first couple things that, that I would do. So. Right. 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 No, great stuff. Great point. So, excuse me, next one. I know you, you hit on this a little bit earlier. You said you aren't, but you kind of are is what it sounds like. So any, as a coach, not as a player, right. Any game day superstitions or rituals besides Mace and dashboard confessional, yeah. <laughs> what else, what else you got for us? Yeah. So I, I like to wear the same thing if we do well. Um, <laughs> that's one of the big things I like to write in the same marker on the dry race board. Um, my notes got to be on the literally, same. Literally the same marker, not the same color, but literally the same marker. The same, yeah, yeah, same yeah. marker. Um, dry. Uh, when I take my notes, same pen, same piece of paper. I'll sit in the same area, um, and it, it's crazy that the 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 girls they know a lot of my superstitions, and they will ensure that they that they happen. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like, yeah. we start at this time, we end on this. Like, this is the kind of language we use. Like. They, they, they know, but a lot of the big ones is just wearing, parking in the same spot, um, eating the same meal, most that every other coach has. Um, yeah. But I guess the big one, uh, which is weird, is watches for me. Um, I probably have like seven watches right now. If we lose, move on to the next one. Um, you got a rotation season, going to watch. Yeah. Every yeah. season, a new watch. Like uh, I, I, left my, um, I left my jacket in my car the other night at practice. And I had like the watch that I've been using in that. So we get to the field and I'm like, I'm like, dang, I don't got my, I don't got my watch that I used. I don't got the backup watch. And then I don't got the backup backup watch. I was like, what, what are we doing? Like <laughs> said to my assistant, I'm like, what are you doing? It's all your fault. You know, fix me. You know what I mean? So how'd you, how'd you get through that practice? I don't even know how you got through training that day. Well, I, I just... lucked out the bottom of my bag had, like one of the backup backup ones, right? Yeah, the you had the triple backup, right? Yes. Is that what it was? So I assume I, I wore it in a game and we something happened. I was like, ah <laughs> that sucked in the bottom of there. So I lucked out. Yeah. Um, we had in uh last episode actually, so the previous episode we had, you know, Coach Jerry Hurtado from out of the Houston area, right? Deer Park High School. And he's he's also the uh the director for um San Jacinto United uh, FC and awesome. um he we we started talking about because he was talking about hey if we win I kind of start thinking about wearing the same thing, and I started laughing because I told him one of the biggest I get it as coaches just like our athletes right we try to establish the routine we're kind of creatures of habit I get that and but coaches are a little bit more a little bit more rigid though too yeah but but for whatever reason I don't know what it is with coaches they 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 get on a, they get on some sort of winning streak. And they turn into wardrobe divas, right? Yes, it's like yes, they start. It's yes. like, hey, I got to wear this with this. It's got to be patterns, or I wore this, so I got to. I can't wash this again. You know that kind of stuff. So yeah. I got teased. It's kind of hilarious. My assistant teased me. They teased me last game, right? Like I needed to do laundry. Like so, in our conference, obviously, like you play so much, you travel so much, you really don't have time to do laundry. And we practiced late. It was like halfway through practice, I'm like, shoot, I don't got my shirt washed for tomorrow. She's like, oh, see, and I was like, I was like, I don't know what I, I don't know what to do. I, I, she's like, well, guess you better wear something else. I'm like, ah, I need a polo. I don't know. So I lucked out. Like I went back to my my uh, my laundry, and I was like, oh, so I, I guess I knew we we're not gonna have enough time, and I didn't throw it like in the laundry laundry. So it wasn't like you know what I mean. It had another. Day. It had another use. It had another day on it. I could get another, another day, day in it. All right, yeah, good deal. Another day. So, 
All right. So we know it isn't Ted Lasso. What was your most recent binge watch? So um, Netflix, Prime, what what have you, whatever. Yeah, I'm a I'm a movie guy. Um, yeah. So I go I go through probably three different three or four different phases that I binge on. Um, mm-hmm. Marvel is my first one. Um, okay. Anything Marvel, I probably got like half of the the 22 or 23, what it is. Um, and then I'll go to Maze Runner. I got all those. Um, okay. And uh, Hunger Games and Divergent, the Divergent series. Um, oh well. So you got yeah. the series, the series yeah. for all the collection for all. Yep. Yep. Right. Those are my those are my go tos. Uh, good film, good films. You know. Yeah. Um, still suspenseful to me. Uh, right. And you can learn a lot from them. You know, I, I'm looking to get one of my next tattoos as the stuff from Divergent. They had obviously they had the factions, right? Like, and each faction represents something or whatever. And, um, you know, I was real in touch with what they meant. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, one was like erudite. It's like you want to be someone, oh, gotcha. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that doesn't lie and all that kind of stuff. And then Dauntless is like the strong ones. And I was like, you know what? That's a way of life and kind of how we live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously Marvel's the same way. The Black Panther's huge for 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 you know for our culture. And that's one of those ones where I can watch it over and over again because I know you know what it actually means. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um two tattoos coming through to you. It's gonna be there those. You go. There you go. There you go. Awesome, great stuff. A couple more for you, coach, and we're done here. Okay. So sure. these next two, these next two are a little bit more more reflective, maybe more yeah. per, on the personal, heartfelt side of things. So in three words, right? I can only give you three words. Why do you coach? Uh, that's a that's a that's the loaded one, right? Like there's a no, there's Eric no, no. answer, and there's there's one that you you, you got to tell folks, right? So um, for me, growing up, first game I've ever saw was uh, the women's uh, World Cup '99, Chastain mm-hmm. and all them when they won it in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I got to watch that on the Bunny Ears TV with the the static going through. He got smacked aside. I got to watch him winning in that, right? So yeah. my goal was, was always, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a professional. I'm going to play those. Um, and then when I got done playing, um, you know, one of my big thing was, you know, I've given a lot to the game. So as a player, uh, I can give a lot back as, as a coach. Um, so that's why I stepped into it. And mm-hmm. I guess the second part of that is, is um, I started on the men's side. And then, you know, uh, where I was at, they pushed me to the women's. And, and I said to myself, you know what? Again, I've given so much to the men's game. Um, you know, the women's game wasn't at where it was now. How can I help the women's game, right? When, right. when you start coaching and, and then kids start falling in love with it because of what you're doing, um, that's when I kind of was like, all right, well, I need to give give it all to it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. most people don't realize. I, I tell them when I first started coaching, I was a head coach at a JUCO of the men's and the women's, and I worked in a pharmacy at the same time. So I was doing two things a day that, you know, obviously was was helping folks in whatever way that they needed. Um, but for me, it was just giving more back to to what's something that I love and then just hoping that I can see that love in other folks, you know, so. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I would say, you know, some of that love I, we, we felt this year with with seniors scoring the, scoring goals. Right. Like it's it's weird to, to, to get to a kid that's never scored and then they score for you. And that emotion they get from that, right? So that's part of the why for me, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I smile at you for scoring that goal, but like deep down inside, like, come on then. Yeah, right. Great stuff. Great stuff. So, you know, just just for the record in this podcast today, you've 
you've mentioned VHS, you've mentioned <laughs> Mace Dashboard Confessional, and Bunny Ears Antenna. So uh, yeah. just you know, you might have to do some when uh, when your players go back and listen to this, Coach. You might have to do some explaining. Okay, just just, just put it I'm draw on the board. I'm gonna draw on the board with my marker tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never understand the slapping the TV on the side. They'll never understand that one. Yeah. So, um, all right, last one. You think back all your years as a coach, right? How you've developed as a coach, what you've learned, and then you think back to your your time, your career as a player, right? If you could go back with what you know now as a coach, and you could go back and coach yourself, coach the player that was you, how would you have coached you? How would you have coached? How would you coach you now going back then? Uh, yes, that's a tough one. Um, I would say what I've learned from coaching. Um, you know, something I've instilled in my girls is if you want to be successful, you're going to have to sacrifice something, right? Like, and that's something I didn't learn until fall of 2021. Um, when I got to the team that we did well, uh, I didn't get, I didn't get paid until November. Like I got my third check, November 11th, right? Like I, I wiped my savings out just to buy them hoodies and jackets and, and water bottles and all that kind of stuff. Right. So um, I remember sitting on the edge of the bed um, thinking like my paycheck just paid for this hotel room, but we just won the conference. You know, my paycheck just paid for dinner at Texas Roadhouse, mm-hmm. but the manager just brought out a cake and these girls can't stop. They can't stop smiling. They're crying in, in, in terms of being happy. Right. So sacrifice, you know what I mean? Um, and in college, right? Like, obviously we did well, we won a championship my, my senior year, but I didn't learn what sacrifice was until my junior year when I got hurt. Right. Like then I, I couldn't go out and party every weekend and do all that stuff because I was on crutches. Um, you know, I couldn't go, you know, play flag football because I need to go to the gym and rehab. Um, you know, so if I would have understood what sacrifice an athlete needed to make earlier, I think our teams in college could have been better. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I look back at high school and youth and uh, not trying to toot my own horn, but I was I was very good. I was more athletic than everybody. I, I hit that growth spurt where I became bigger and stronger and I just, I was good. Um, but when I got to college, I didn't understand, you know, what actually needed to happen. And, and that's something that I still think is embedded in, in, in a lot of the kids moving on from high school to college is that's a big jump. You know, I went from, you know, killing everybody to grown men that can drive and, you know, purchase alcoholic beverages um, where in high school, you know, I made varsity. I was 14, but I was still as big as some of the seniors. So, you know, I, I just wish I would have learned a little bit earlier that sacrifice is part of, part of success. And if you're willing to accept that and understand that, you'll you'll, yeah. you'll be successful. Well said. Well said. Sacrifice. You know, that's it's it's funny you mentioned the word sacrifice because that's a word. Um, going back to last, I think probably last Thursday, right? meetings, practices, training that trainings that I've had with my my teams, my squads, uh, meetings that I've been in, um, <clears throat> a meeting that I was just in yesterday, actually, with with both a player and student athlete. That word that that word just seems that word's been coming up a lot lately. Sacrifice. Right. So it's a great you know, I'm really glad you hit on that. So uh, I hope somebody can take from that. And, and also and I also appreciate you taking the time to kind of peel back the curtain and let us know, you know, tell us a little bit more, share some of those personal stories um, as a coach, because just like teachers, right, 
coaches, we inevitably find ourselves we're investing our own money in some of these some of these resources to make things happen. So I don't think very very rarely do our players and and or parents kind of aware of that. So thank you for sharing that as well. So for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So. That's going to do it, Coach. That wraps up uh, a great, very, very good interview. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you for thank you for uh, being with us. Thank you for your time. We know, you know, obviously, I mean, my man had a root canal today. Just came off, just came off the field with practice as well. So we really appreciate you, Coach. Um, as we wrap up here now, uh, with in stoppage time, right? Stoppage time is normally where we do kind of our any thank yous, shout outs, what's on your mind as it relates to the game, your squad, uh, whoever you want to kind of shout out like i said um this is where we normally do that and since you are a guest we're going to let you go first to the floor is yours yeah for sure i definitely appreciate you 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 getting me on this thing you know we've we've had you know a good situation where we're trying to find that time and i'm glad it worked out this week you know and and again you got a good platform um you know a lot of people have, have messaged me and reached out like oh you're going there okay cool can't wait to to get on and listen and 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 i'm proud that we can we can kind of get our soccer community uh, going in the right direction um, and expanding it more, right? So for sure, thank you for getting me on on that. Um, you know, in terms of other shout outs, you know, uh, for me, you know, what's up to everybody that, that loves what we do and, and keeps it going? Um, obviously, my team will, will get to listen to this and, um, you know, they're doing well. And, and again, I gave some hidden gems that I don't tell them. So can't wait for <laughs> for them to make me blush when they say, Coach, oh, you really love us. Yeah. Uh, er, so, <laughs> but and going forward, you know, just just more so, like just appreciate our community and and appreciate you and and all those that that kind of believe in me in the coaching realm. I, I've made some great friends, um, and you know, you're one of them, and I'm I'm glad that we've got to do this. So yeah, cheers to that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and thank you for that, coach. Thank you for the kind words. And you're right, you hit on something where the the you know the soccer soccer Twitter soccer X whatever we want to call it now, right? is uh, it can be a fascinating community because how you come across and interact and meet other coaches and network with them. And then, of course, because I know you and I kind of been going back and forth, yeah. following each other well before the podcast started, right? Mm -hmm. So, cause, you know, the podcast podcast will turn three years, three years old in uh, in December. So, uh, so yeah, so I've been a big fan. I've been well aware of what you've been doing, what you're trying to do. And whenever we can get a coach on here, especially one that just – you know, their heart is in it for the right reasons and they got great intentions and they do things the right way. You know, we'd love that's those are, those are the kind of guests that we want to have on here. So thrilled to have you and thank you for your time, coach. Um, and my final thought, pretty simple one, pretty it'll be quick. It's to, you know, our student athletes uh, all around the state of Texas. You know, we are coming up on about we're probably what is it, 40, 40, 41 days uh, out from officially being in season. Right. Right after uh, the Thanksgiving break that Monday. And uh, so continue to stay on top of your grades, stay on top of the, those academics for sure. Uh, a lot of club players as well. So make sure you are taking the time. We spoke to this a little bit last week, but make sure you are taking the time between, you know, as we know in, in Texas, most most big public schools, they have athletic periods. So you're probably doing soccer there. You're probably doing some sort of training there in addition to your club training as well. So Make sure you're taking some downtime. Make sure you're taking some time to let the body recover, let the body rest as well, and uh, you know, and enjoy your your time. You know, being a high school student as well, right? Being not just the the student athlete, because uh, there's so much more to you than just being a 
quote unquote soccer player, right? So uh, enjoy it. And uh, as we said, we'll be in season in about 40 days or so. And uh, we do have a uh, probably be on the lookout somewhere around the end of the month. We will be sending out the, uh, the, uh, we'll be dropping somewhere in there, maybe either end of the month, start of the no- first week of November, first episode of Inside Texas High School Soccer will return. So our spinoff series of the 5050 podcast. So we'll be joined by some of our uh, some of our team members, including uh, Coach Rafa Castorena. So we'll look forward to that. So, but that's going to do it, uh, Coach. This has been awesome. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. So, for Coach Eric Belcher, the head women's soccer coach of Eastern New Mexico University Greyhounds, I am your host, Coach Hector Cano. And you know what to do. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.